Welcome back to the Prophetic Collective, a podcast that is all about living a prophetic life wherever God has placed you. Thanks for joining us on our brand new Spiritual Practices Collection, where we, as a prophetic community, learn about a number of ancient spiritual practices that will deepen your intimacy with Jesus. Thanks to everyone who has rated and reviewed this podcast. It helps us to reach more people and equip them to live life confidently, hearing God's voice for themselves in their ordinary, everyday lives. Make sure you share these episodes on social media using the hashtag Prophetic Collective and tagging at Stacey Hillier so we can connect in prophetic community. Enjoy today's episode of the Prophetic Collective. Well, hey friends, and welcome back to the Prophetic Collective, where we are in a new focus or collection on all things spiritual practices. And as prophetic people, we are always looking to live from a lifestyle of intimacy with Jesus. And when it comes to spiritual practices, I am sharing across this five-week series some of the deepest wells that I have discovered with Jesus in the last few years, and I'm so excited to share them with you. Last week, we learned about the ancient form of scriptural prayer called Lectio Divina, and I would love to hear if you've tried it, how that's gone for you. Recently, the worship team that I am a part of have been doing this, and I have just loved seeing how that is working for people. Today, I'm going to teach you a new practice, which is called Ignatian Meditation. But before we get into the practice itself, because I just want to make sure there's no misconceptions around the word meditation, I wanted to focus on the biblical foundations for meditation from the Word of God. And I briefly mentioned this in our podcast episode last week, but I thought it was important to perhaps go a little bit deeper because I've noticed in speaking with prophetic people, other Christians, whenever we say meditation, people's first reference is the New Age or Eastern mysticism. And that must break God's heart because this is a God idea. This is a Bible idea. This is part of the ancient traditions of our church history. It's one of the richest ways we can encounter God. And I actually really get hot under the collar when I see that Christians allow themselves to be ripped off from this area of encounter and intimacy with the Lord, especially prophetic people, just because the enemy has stolen, killed and destroyed our understanding of it. You know, I love the teaching from Chris Vallotton from Bethel Church. What an absolute legend and pillar in the faith, an incredible prophet. I have so much honor and respect for him, and I have learned so much from him from afar. But he talks about this concept of counterfeit, and he talks about bank tellers that the way they're trained to recognize counterfeit notes is not to study the counterfeit, but to study the real thing in such detail, the real bank notes that when a banknote comes across their path that is a counterfeit, they've studied the real thing so carefully that they're easily able to recognize that this is a fake, this is not the real thing. As Christians, we have done the opposite. The enemy has set up counterfeit forms of meditation. 
And we're so afraid of them that we're unable to recognize the legitimate real form. And I actually really do feel a conviction from God. It's part of the reason I'm doing this collection and why I'm really focusing on this with the people in my real life who are under my sphere of influence on these ancient practices, because this belongs to us as Christians and I'm taking it back in Jesus name. And so I'm inviting you today to take it back with me. And meditation is awesome. Do not allow yourself to be stolen from. Do not allow this area of intimacy with Jesus to be killed in you. And do not allow this ancient Christian practice to be destroyed on your behalf. I'm not having it, and I hope you're not as well. So because we cannot behave outside of what we believe, and because as John 8.32 says, the truth will set us free, it's not going to be enough for me to just get on my little high horse like I just did and say, let's take it back in Jesus' name. Let's look at scripture and let's let God's truth set us free when it comes to this area of meditation. Because I want you to be able to engage fully with these spiritual practices without fear. And these kind of deep well practices are so important to us as prophetic people because we should never speak for God without first hearing from God. And so I love thinking about the broadening of ways that we can encounter Jesus first and foremost for ourselves, for him to speak to us individually, and really encouraging people to grow in their breadth of ways to hear from God, because that's how you grow in the prophetic. And these practices are way to hear, ways to hear from God through his word and through prayer. In an age of hyperactivity and a culture that celebrates busyness, the art of slow reflection, prayer, and scriptural meditation has actually become somewhat of a lost art. However, if prayer is to be a true conversation with God, Eugene Peterson says this, it must include times when we listen to God's voice by meditating on his word and allowing him to speak to us. I heard someone pose this question the other day. It was Corey Russell in his prayer masterclass called Teach Us to Pray. Highly recommend. It's on the Bethel Leaders Network. Unbelievable. He posed this question. Are you spending time simply listening to God in prayer or are you so busy praying through your prayer list? Because he talks about we think prayer, we think list. Jesus thinks prayer. He thinks relationship. And in relationship, we talk, but we also listen, right? And so while there are many ways that we encounter God's presence in our lives, one of the richest ways I've found to go deeper in my intimacy with God, and it has affected my ability to minister prophetically, is by meditating on scripture as a regular practice that supplements, doesn't replace, it supplements my study foundations of God's word and my more structured prayer times. Edmund Clowney said this, if we pray without meditation, our own communion with God becomes poor and distant. And so guided prayer or Ignatian meditation is designed to introduce you, my listeners in this prophetic community, to the same rich and deep well of intimacy with God. Let's open the scriptures together. Psalm chapter one, we don't even have to go far into that beautiful songbook. Reminder right now, Psalms is Jesus' prayer book. Oh my goodness. So right now, as I read this to you, this would have been a prayer that Jesus prayed. Psalm 1 verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, 
nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Three tiny little verses there that teach us three things are found when we practice the delight of meditation on God's word and then talking with God about it. And I'm drawing heavily from the teaching of Timothy Keller here. The first thing we find from Psalm 1 verses 1 to 3 that we find in our lives when we practice the delight of meditation is stability. The person who regularly prays this way and who spends time meditating on God's word, this psalm teaches us is like a tree planted by streams of water. Now think for a moment about trees that are planted by streams. They do well even when there is little rain. And this is an image painted for us by the psalmist of someone who can keep going in hard and dry times. I reflect even on COVID. People who who didn't necessarily have a strong word and prayer life, it was very, very difficult. They were easily shaken. But the people who had a foundation of intimacy with Jesus were able to withstand the hardships in a much more easy and effective way. You see, we need to have the roots of our heart and our soul in God in tough times. And meditating on God's word is the way we grow these kinds of lives. You see, it's taking the text from being something external that we analyze and letting its roots go deep down in our hearts, making us stable people. Now, the streams of water in this psalm represent the law of the Lord or the word of God. And to put roots in the water is a metaphor that the psalmist is using for meditation. And scriptural meditation then is what gives us stability, peace, and courage in times of difficulty, adversity, and upheaval. So here I'm drawing the um, parallels here and the meaning behind this little section of this, this scripture. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. So the first thing we find in scriptural meditation is a life that is stable, stability. The second thing is people who meditate on scripture are people of substance. Substance is found when we practice the delight of meditating on God's word prayerfully. The substance that is produced in us when we meditate on God's word is character. Oh, I love that. We need some more people in the church with character. In Jesus' name, amen. People who live this way have thought things out and they have deep convictions. They're not living shallow lives. They can explain complex concepts in simple ways because the Holy Spirit has illuminated that for them as they wait on him in quiet prayer and meditation rather than rushing over the scriptures. People of substance, they bear fruit. And this psalm teaches us that this is the result of meditating on God's word. It says it yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. 
people of substance bear fruit. And this psalm teaches us that this is the result of meditating on God's word. Now, you all know that Galatians describes this fruit as fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, humility, and self-control. And so real scriptural meditation that becomes a conversation with God is not just a way for us as prophetic people and as Romans 12 Christians to experience a deepening intimacy with Christ. It will actually change us from the inside out and cause us to bear fruit of the Spirit. How incredible is that? Blessing is the third thing that this psalm teaches us comes from meditative prayer and scriptural reading. So we've got stability, substance, and blessing. Now, biblically, blessing is quite different than how we perceive it in our consumerist culture today. So the Bible teaches us that blessing is peace and well-being in every dimension of our lives. It means character growth, stability, delight. It takes our reading of the word and prayer life from duty to delight and is such a rich way to experience God. I love how Matthew 6 talks about the rewards when we hide away and we seek God's face when we go to the secret place. What are those rewards? Those rewards are knowing our God. And being transformed, as 2 Corinthians 3.18 talks about, transformed, metamorphosed into his image as we eat his word, as we taste and see that the Lord is good. And then from the overflow of our hearts, what comes out is not flesh talk, but is the deep wells of scripture that we've meditated on and applied to our living. Now, this word meditate in Psalm 1 literally means to mutter. And it refers to the fact that in ancient times, the scripture was recited out loud and from memory. Now, there is no better way to meditate on a verse than to memorize it. Memorizing scripture, we need to bring that back because in times of crisis, what is in the heart comes out. You know, when you squeeze a fruit, the juice comes out. When we're in the squeeze, what's the juice that comes out of us? I want it to be scripture. We need scripture. And so there's no way, no better way, let me emphasize this, to meditate than to memorize scripture. I write scripture out on little cards. I keep it in the car. Um, Sometimes I record voice memos and I just listen over and over and over again. And to mutter the scripture over and over again until revelation and understanding comes as the Holy Spirit illuminates it in your life. It's like taking a bite of food, as we talked about in our introduction to Lectio Divina, and just keeping it in your mouth and savoring the taste, the flavor, and every morsel. Now, contrary to worldly meditation, again, I mentioned this last week, but I really want us to hear this, that is celebrated in other religions or in the New Age. Biblical meditation is not emptying your mind. Now, whilst other religions also mutter mantras, their goal is not understanding, but their goal is to cancel out all rational thought and to remove focused attention. Christian meditation, on the other hand, is completely rational. 
and requires focused attention on God and his word. Now, this doesn't mean it becomes like intense thinking where you look constipated and you become like a weirdo prophetic person. Instead, it's restful. There's peace in it. And it takes what we read as information and it applies it to our lives as transformation. One of my favorite scriptures that I have uh, memorized and meditated on many times is Hebrews 4.12, which says that the word of God is living and active. And it is intended to dwell in us richly, as the Apostle Paul said in Colossians 3.16. And we get here through meditating on the scripture and talking to God about it through prayer. I love the example of King David in Psalm 103 verses 1 to 2. He writes, praise the Lord, my soul, And all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, David here is not speaking directly to God, he's speaking to himself. He is speaking to his soul. He is taking truth from his head down into his heart before the face of God. And this is scriptural meditation. So upon that foundation of the truth setting you free to encounter scriptural meditation with freedom and without fear, let's talk about Ignatian meditation. Oh my goodness, you're going to love this. It is one way that we can meditate on scripture. It is imaginative prayer. It's entering a scene out of scripture and using visualization and imagination to even at times dialogue with the person, the main character in the story, which should be Jesus. We use our imaginations, we apply all of our senses to ponder a gospel story, and we end with the dialogue and close with prayer. And the intention here is to imagine that we are physically present in a scene of Jesus' life and to allow that scene to become prayer for us. We let the Holy Spirit guide us in this prayer time, trusting that he cannot lead us anywhere that is not holy or godly. We find that in Galatians 5.25. Now, this form of prayer was developed by Ignatian of Loyola in the 1500s to help people come to know Jesus through imaginative interaction with Scripture. St. Ignatius lived in Spain in the 16th century, and he founded the Jesuit Order of Priests. And he believed that our imagination can help us to enter into the events of Jesus' life. So through the story, Jesus meets and he interacts with each listener personally and differently. And we can even pray through the same passage for many days in a row until we feel that God's spoken to us or that your prayer encounter is complete, that God's spoken to you, that you've heard God and worked through what it means for you. And the intention is that you have the opportunity to dialogue with the teacher in the story. Now, the biggest obstacle in this kind of prayer is us. (laughs) We don't like to let go of control. And we've been taught in the church not to trust our imaginations. And that is because our imaginations and imaginings have led us to some very dark places. But guess what? Your imagination is from God. That word imagination comes from the same root word as image, which is solemn. You were created as an exact imprint. In the New Testament, that word solemn becomes econ. In the exact imprint, you are a replica, a chip off the old block. When you imagine 
You can imagine in his image. You image bear when you imagine with Jesus. Again, yes, there is a fallenness and sin nature that wants to rob us of our imaginations because it has led down dark pathways. But a redeemed imagination is a doorway to encountering scripture and Jesus. So fear be gone in Jesus' name. We trust the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We trust the word of God. And together, we trust God's word in us. We trust the Holy Spirit's leadership in us. We're entering this fully and freely. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's the process. Firstly, we enter. And often we enter with a breath prayer about letting go of control or about God's word. Then we read. You read a short passage. Don't choose a long passage. Just try to keep it to about 10 verses maximum. And you read it four times. And each time you read it with a different focus. And I'm going to take you through this in a moment. But first of all, let me give you the steps. First time. Take in the details and then pause in silence. Now, I find it helpful to read it out loud, but you don't have to. So first reading, you're taking in the details and just pause in silence. Give yourself a moment. Then the second reading, what you want to do is you're intentionally taking in the visual details and allowing a visual depiction of the story to develop in your mind. So here you can start to ask questions like, where am I in the scene? You're engaging your senses. What, are, what can I smell? What can I hear? What can I taste? What could I touch? How do I feel in this scene? You can even see yourself, imagine yourself walking around the scene and noticing details. And then after that reading, again, pause in silence. Let your spirit catch up with what your mind is doing. Third reading, you become a person in the story. Who are you in the story? I'm going to ask you those questions when I lead you in a moment. Are you a silent observer? Are you one of the main characters in the story? Who do you relate to today? And enter the scene and dialogue with other people in it. Ask them questions. Trust your imagination. And then again, pause in silence. And then on your final reading, all you're doing is praying to God about the process you've just been through. Entering prayer about where your imagination has led you, where the Holy Spirit has led you and pray. And often I like to journal in this moment because I'll often have visions that um, kind of add on to the scene I've read. I've learned to trust that. God has spoken to me in profound ways throughout this, so I often like to journal it. So now I'm going to lead you through an Ignatian meditation and you're going to love it because there's no fear here. There's only perfect love which is casting out our fear and perfect trust in the Holy Spirit who's such a good leader. So I'm going to read to you from John 12, verses 1 to 8, and we're going to put some beautiful music on here. We're going to enter with a breath prayer, and we're going to encounter God's Word together, all right? Making yourself still and comfortable. Take a few deep breaths and simply sit in silence, allowing your mind and your body to become quiet and still. To help us enter, we will pray a breath prayer. Breathing in, I breathe in peace. 
breathing out. I breathe out anxiety. Breathing in, I breathe in peace. Breathing out, I breathe out anxiety. Stay here with this breath prayer for a few minutes. If you get distracted, simply return to this prayer. John 12, verses 1 to 7. As I read, take in details. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. And Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Pause in his presence. This time as I read, take in the visual details engaging your senses. You're thinking here about what can you see, hear, taste, smell and touch. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him said, why? was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Walk around the scene and look at details. What can you see? What can you hear? What can you taste? Can you smell what Mary has poured out? 
What can you touch? Remember to trust the Holy Spirit. He cannot lead you to places that are not holy or pleasing to God. When you imagine, you are doing what you were created to do as one created in His image. Let's read from the scriptures again. This time, which character are you in the story? Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you will always have with you, but you do not always have me. Are you Mary? Are you Judas? Are you a silent observer? Would you like to interact with Jesus? Would you like to be Mary and pour out your worship to him? Perhaps you would like to ask Jesus, what are you thinking about what Judas said? Perhaps you would like to ask Jesus, why does this anointing matter given what you will face in the coming days? Enter the scriptures. As I now read scripture for the last time, pray and respond. You may like to take time after we finish to journal what the Lord shows you. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there, and Martha served. Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Pray. Pause. Respond.
So I hope that that, if that was your first Ignatian meditation, I would love to hear what God showed you. It is wild, right? I've had some incredible visions with Ignatian meditation and it's a safe place when your foundation is scripture. So you would have heard as we entered this practice and last week's that we did so with a breath prayer. And next week, I'm going to teach you about breath prayers. Um, and next week, we're also going to talk, we're going to talk about breath prayers, stillness and silence. Then the following episode, we're going to look at um, examine and the daily office. And then we're going to round out this collection by looking at imagination practices and visionary encounters. Again, thank you so much for joining me today. And I'd love to hear what you got out of this. I, I encourage you to keep trying this. Try it daily. Work your way through a gospel. Another great story to do this with is the woman at the well in John 4 or Nicodemus meeting with Jesus late at night or Jesus praying in the garden of Gethsemane. So many great ones you could try throughout the gospels. Give it a go and let me know what happens. Thank you so much for rating and reviewing this podcast. It helps us to get practices like these out to more people who are prophetic and perhaps don't feel like they belong anywhere. Well, we're a collective where people belong and we would love to have more people on the journey. So please do share, rate and review so we can have more people in our beautiful community that we call the Prophetic Collective. As I mentioned next week, we're looking at breath, prayers, stillness and silence. And then in the month of June, we are going to move into a dreams collection all the prophets dream and all the dreams and it's so good and the bible has much to say about it funnily enough so do i for now so good having you with me love you guys and i'll talk to you soon bye Did you know that Stacy also has a guided prayer podcast? Contemplative prayer is a rich, deep and rewarding way to encounter Jesus and the scriptures. With instrumental scores written to empower your encounters with Jesus, these prayers are a chance to be still and to step out of the hustle of today's fast-paced world. Available wherever you get your podcasts by searching Guided Prayers with Stacey Hillier.